Hello everybody, Miss Isla here, and today we are going to hear chapter 12 of Tall and his marvelous adventures with Nooms or Noom. I'm sitting here with Topo, who has a lot of energy today, so you might hear him making some noise. He's currently on my lap, but he's sometimes been doing some making some silly funny noises <laughs> right now he's licking the book because he is so excited to keep reading it and i am too friends last week we heard the story of Janook's tree of diamonds hmm i wonder if you would have shared the diamonds with sar and nar or kept them to yourself well, friends, we left our characters as they got in the boat with the King of the Whimsies finally en route to Troom. What do we think? Are we finally going to arrive in Troom this episode or this chapter of our book? Topo and I cannot wait to find out. He is turning the pages as we speak. All right, let's find out, friends. Chapter 12 All that night, the Whimsies swam up the underground river with the golden basket, and in the morning, they reached the end of the tunnel. When they came out into the light once more, they found themselves in a valley surrounded on all sides by steep mountains. In this valley was the spring where the river began. The Whimsies pulled the basket as far as the spring, and there they stopped. The king of the Whimsies said, We can't take you beyond this point. Here is the source of the river. Nooms or Nooms said, You have taken us far enough. We don't wish to go any further. Because of your kindness to us, I'm going to give you the golden basket as a present. Thank you, said the king. It will make us make it very easy for us to get back home. Then Noomzar Noom bade the king goodbye. The king climbed into the basket and ordered all the other whimsies to do the same. And when the last whimsy had scrambled over the edge, the king said, give us a push. Noomzar Noom gave the basket a push and it floated off down the river. And soon all the whimsies disappeared from sight into the underground passage. Now, what are we going to do? asked Tall, for he did not see how they could ever climb out of the valley. Those mountains are far too steep for us to go up. They are, said the old man. No one who has come to this valley has ever been able to make his way out. Then why did we come? asked Tall. Because it's the only way to get to Troom, said the old man. Somehow we must get over those mountains at the other end. So, they set out to walk to the far end of the valley. Before they had gone a great distance from the spring, they came to a dense forest. All the trees were knotted and gnarled, and the leaves were shaped like fans. And so big was each leaf that Tall could almost hide behind one. When he saw them, he said, I have never seen such big leaves. I didn't know they, they could grow so big. 
Most leaves don't, said Minzermoom. This kind of tree only grows in this valley. The leaves are not soft like most leaves, but they are as hard as wood, and their edges are so sharp that they cut like a knife. For that reason, it is dangerous to be in this forest, because if a leaf should fall on you edgewise, it would cut you badly. Do we have to go through the forest? asked Tall. I'd hate to be cut by one of those leaves. There is only one way of getting through safely, said the old man. If we wait here until after a windstorm, then most of the leaves that are likely to fall will have already been blown off. Then it will be safe to go through. Well, what if the wind doesn't blow soon? asked Tall. We'll have to wait here until it does, said Noomzarnoom, for it would be foolish to start through the forest before we know that the wind has blown. So they sat down by the edge of the forest for the wind to blow. And while they were there, Noom Zornum read the story of the cobbler. There was a cobbler who lived in a village. All his life he had made shoes, and he never made much money. One day he thought, all these years I have worked hard, and still I am poor. Day after day I do nothing but make shoes for other people. Perhaps if I make a pair for myself, something wonderful will happen. And so he set to work and made himself a pair of shoes. He made them well, much better than the ones he made for other people. At last, when they were finished, he put them on. But nothing happened. So he decided to go for a walk. He walked along the side of the sea. A big wave rolled up and swished around his feet. And lo and behold, the cobbler found that his new shoes could walk on the water just as well as they could walk on land. He said to himself, Indeed, something wonderful has happened. Now I am better than any other man in the world. I shall be poor no longer. Anything I want, I can have. I shall go to the king and he will be so glad to see me, he will pay me well and keep me in his palace. It is not everyone that can walk on water the way I can. And he thought what a wonder he really was. He went back home, closed his shop, and then set out to go to the king. On the way, he met some fishermen. They were sad and were sitting on the shore, sighing. The cobbler went to them and asked, What's the matter? Why are you all so sad? The fisherman said, Well, our boat has blown away with all our fish because we did not tie it well. We're lost. Don't worry, said the cobbler. I'll get it for you. He walked out on the water and pulled the boat back with all of the fish in it. And the men were so glad. The fisherman said, Thank you. You are indeed a wonderful man to be able to walk on the water like that. Take half of our fish for the trouble we have caused you. You can sell them and make yourself some money. The cobbler said, I am so wonderful. I can make all the money I need. I don't want to take yours. 
and he walked away without taking their fish. A little farther on, he came to a river. Near the river sat a woman. She was crying and was very unhappy. The cobbler went up to her and said, What's the matter that you sit here crying? The woman said, I live on the other side of the river. My boat has floated away and I can't get home. My husband will be so angry with me for not having his supper ready. Don't cry, said the cobbler. I'll carry you across. He picked up the woman and carried her across the river. And on the other side, she said to him, It is wonderful that you can walk on water like this. No one else in the world can do that. You have been good to me, but I can pay you nothing, for I have no money. But come to my house, and I'll give you a beautiful jewel that, um, that I have. Keep your jewel, said the cobbler. One jewel would mean nothing to a man who is as wonderful as I am. I shall soon have all the jewels I want. He left the woman without taking her jewel, and he went on his way to the king. Before he got there, word had already reached the king about this cobbler who could walk on the water. When he came to the palace, the king greeted him at the door, saying, You are indeed a wonderful man. I am glad you have come. There are many things I want you to do for me. If you do them, you can have half of my kingdom, and I shall build you a palace of your very own. The cobbler said, I can do anything in the world. There is nothing I can't do. He went in with the king and stayed in the palace. The king put him in a room by himself and sent servants to wait on him. To hear him talk, you would have thought him king himself. He bragged and boasted about what he could do. He talked as if he himself had given his shoes their power, instead of saying it came from he knew not where. And everything he said, the king believed. One day the king said, I have heard that somewhere across the sea is a strange land. The mountains are made of pure gold. Whoever can find that land will be richer than anyone else in the world. I have not sent ships to it, for I have heard that the coast is guarded by a high wall of water. My ships could not get over such a wall. You go to this land and see if all I have heard is true. If it is, come back here and we'll think of some way to get the gold. You may have half of it. And he told the cobbler just which direction the land lay and how to get there. The cobbler said, that's easy enough, I'll go. So the king gave him food and such things as he needed, and the cobbler set off to walk across the sea. Day after day he walked, for many days, and at last he saw in the distance some mountains of gold. But the land that they rose from was not guarded by any such wall of water as the king had spoken of. The cobbler walked to the land, and there he found a sailor sitting on the shore, and near him a pile of gold. He went up to him and said, Well, I thought this land of gold was protected by a wall of water. Only those who have never been here think that, said the sailor. Who are you, and where do you come from? The cobbler said, I am from such and such a place. I am more wonderful than anyone else in the world. I can walk on water. When the sailor heard how the cobbler bragged, he said, So can I walk on the water. But I didn't know anyone else could. I am just getting ready to start back with all my gold. 
These words he spoke, but they were not the truth. He was really a shipwrecked sailor who by chance had been blown up on this coast of the land of gold. The cobbler said, It's my shoes that gave me the power. I made them myself. The sailor said, My shoes do the same, only they also give me the power to fly over the water. The cobbler, simple soul that he was, believed what the sailor said. He looked at the man's shoes and saw that they were exactly like his own. He thought to himself, it would be good if I could change mine for his, then I could fly over water. It would be more wonderful than walking. But he pretended to think nothing of the sailor's words, and so he asked, is it true that the mountains here are made of gold? They are, said the sailor. Look at all I have dug. But you must go far back in the land, for there is no gold near the coast. All that day the cobbler stayed with the sailor. He asked him many questions about how to get to the mountains of gold, and the sailor told him all he knew. When night came, they lay down on the sand to sleep. In the middle of the night, the cobbler got up. With great care, he exchanged his own shoes for those of the sailor. After he had laced the sailor's shoes on his own feet, he thought how clever he was and went to sleep. In the morning, the sailor looked at his feet and he knew at once what had happened. He said nothing. He put all of his gold into a sack, got up and said, I must leave you now. Here are my pick and shovel. You will have no trouble finding gold. It's all around here. Then he bade the cobbler goodbye and walked out to sea. The cobbler never even thought of trying the shoes. He hurried to the mountains and dug for gold. The more he dug, the more he wanted. So he stayed there digging and never once thought of going back to the king. All he thought of was how he could get the gold for himself without having to share it with the king. A year passed. Still he stayed there, digging gold. In the meantime, the king wondered what had happened to the cobbler. He waited and waited. The cobbler did not come back. He said to himself, Can something have happened? He may have fallen into the sea and drowned. I'd better take a ship and go look for him. He ordered a ship made ready, and he and his men set out to find the cobbler. They sailed across the sea until they came to the land of gold. And when the king saw that there was no wall of water at all, he was ashamed of himself for having sent the cobbler. They sailed close to the shore, and they found the cobbler standing by a pile of gold so high that it looked like a small mountain itself. The king called to him and said, You have we have come to get you and your gold. You have done so well. I have, said the cobbler. I've dug all, dug all of the gold that I could. The king and his men landed. They loaded the ship with gold and set sail for home. And they took the cobbler with them. All the time that he was planning how he could get away from the king, he wanted to buy some ships for himself and go back for more gold. He did not want to share it with the king. He thought... Why should I, who am so wonderful, have to share it with him? I went and found it. It all belongs to me. And he never thought 
that, but for the king, he would not have thought, known about the gold in the first place. As they sailed along, suddenly the wind dropped. It became calm. For many days, the ship did not move. The cobbler went to the king and said, We cannot stay here like this. Our ship has too much of a load. Give me a bag of gold. I'll fly back home and get another ship to come and take some of our load. But what he meant to do was to go away and not come back. He wanted the sack of gold to buy himself a ship. The king said, You can walk on the water, but you cannot fly. The cobbler said, I've learned to fly too since I saw you last. There is nothing that these shoes can't do. They will carry me through the air like a bird. The king said, You are more wonderful than I ever thought. Take as much gold as you want and go. You will save our lives. So the cobbler took a sack and filled it with gold. Then he said to the king, You watch, then you'll see what wonderful shoes I really made. You have seen only half of what they do. I'll run and jump off the side of the boat, and I'll fly away without touching the water. The king said, Please do, and hurry back for us with another ship. The cobbler really believed he would be able to fly. He took his sack of gold and ran across the ship. Then he gave a jump and shot far out over the water. But instead of flying, he fell into the sea. He went down to the bottom and came up without his sack of gold. He shouted, help, help, I am drowning. The king said, I thought you could fly. The cobbler shouted, save me and I'll give you anything you want. So the king threw a rope over and pulled the cobbler back on board. And he was so terrified that he told the king about the sailor. When the king heard how the cobbler had stolen the sailor's shoes off his feet, he would not believe another man this another word this man said. Then the cobbler's whole plan came to light. The king made him a prisoner. He took him back and told everyone what he tried to do. And everybody laughed at the cobbler and asked him about the shoes, which he did not have any longer. As Noomzor Noom read the last word of that sad story, the wind began to blow. Harder and harder it blew until the leaves rattled and scraped against each other with so much noise that Tall could not make his own voice heard. Noomzor Noom pulled him back and made him stand at a safe distance from the forest. Then when the wind had died down, the old man said, if we hurry, we can get through now. We needn't worry about any leaves falling on us. They have all fallen. They hurried forward and ran through the forest as fast as they could. At the other side, they came to a flat open space that extended for miles ahead of them. This open space was dotted with what seemed to be thousands of small round pools about 20 feet across. They were just far enough apart so that a man might make his way between them. There were no ripples on them. They were as smooth as glass. Tall said, what are these pools? This whole valley is full of them. They are not pools, said Noomzor Noom. Each one is a mirror. See the way they reflect the light? 
Yes, said Tall, but what are they for? To look into, of course, said Millie Tinkle, flapping her ears and making the little bells tinkle. That's what a mirror is always for. So, you see, your question was quite unnecessary. I suppose it was, said Tall, but who looks into them? That is a real question, said the donkey thoughtfully. I'll have to think about that. Then she turned to the old man and asked, Will it be all right if I tell him? If he'll promise not to tell anyone else, said Nooms or Noom. Millie Tinkle turned back to Tall and asked, Will you promise? Of course I shall, said Tall. Shall promise what? asked the donkey. Not to tell, said Tall. Then Millie Tinkle became solemn, as if she were going to tell something very serious. She looked down for a moment and pawed the ground with her hoof. Then she said, This is the most secret place in all of the world. No man has ever come here and gone back to tell about it. For those who come here have never been able to find their way out. To cross this valley, you have to follow the paths between the mirrors. But there is only one path that leads across. All the others lead to the dens of terrible monsters. Then the donkey stopped, as if that was all she had to say. I don't see anything so wonderful in that, said Tall. I knew that's what you'd say, answered Millie Tinkle. That's why I stopped where I did. Aren't you going to tell me any more? asked Tall. Yes, said the donkey, but first you must promise me that you won't tell again. So then Tall promised again. After that, the donkey went on and told him about the Valley of Mirrors. She said, Every moonlight night, this valley is filled with people. Fairies, gnomes, witches, and all such people come here from all over the world. What do they come for? asked Tall. Each of them has a mirror, and each comes to that mirror on moonlit nights to comb their hair, said the donkey. The valley is where they always come to do that. If you happened to be here on such a night, you would see them all. They sit and comb their hair and chat about the wonderful things that they've seen and done. Well, I'd like to see them, said Tall. Let's spend the night here. We can't, said Nooms or Noom. If they saw us, they would keep us here forever. Well, I wouldn't like that, said Tall. But how are we going to get out? I should think the easiest thing to do would be to walk across the mirrors. You can't do that, said the old man, for they spin under your feet. When Tall heard this, all he wanted to do was step on one of the mirrors. He said, I'm going to go try it. And with these words, he ran over and stepped onto one of the mirrors. When he tried to walk, the mirror turned under his feet. And before he knew it, he was running to try to keep up with the mirror. The next minute, he was thrown off the mirror and fell in a heap on the ground. He picked himself up and said, I'm not going to try that again. <laughs> I guess not, said the donkey with a loud laugh. Then she burst out laughing again, and she laughed so hard that she had to sit down. 
The tears streamed out of her eyes, and she shook all over, just like jelly. What are you laughing at? asked Tall. At you, said Millie Tinkle. That's the funniest thing I ever did see. Well, you wouldn't think it was so funny if it happened to you, said Tall. I don't think it's that funny. Of course you don't, but I do, said the donkey. And she doubled up with laughter again. Then Tall got laughing at Millie Tinkle because she looked so funny. He'd never seen a donkey laugh so hard before, and the faces she made were sights to see. And there the two of them would have stayed all day laughing at one another, had Nooms or Noom not made them stop. He said, Stop already. We've got to do something about getting out of this valley. There's no time to be laughing. When the donkey saw that her master meant what he said, she pulled herself together, but not without making a lot of gurgling, gasping sounds that gave Tall the giggles all over again. But at last, they both stopped. Then the old man turned to Tall and said, You can now see that we wouldn't get far if we started across the mirrors. How are we going to get out of here then? asked Tall, becoming quite serious. Do you know the way? We are going to stay here until the sun is not so hot, said the old man. Then I'll show you what to do. In the evening, after the sun had gone down behind the mountains, Tall and Noomzor Noom gathered some of the leaves. They carried them to the edge of the nearest mirror, and there they set them down in a pile. Noomzor Noom said, The first thing to do is to stick these leaves around the edge of this mirror. And then he went over and broke a branch off one of the trees. When he had broken it off, the sap ran out and dripped onto the ground. It was just like glue. It could be used to stick things together so hard that they never came apart. He dipped the ends of the leaves into the sap, and one by one he stuck them on the mirror until the whole edge was surrounded by a circle of fans. Then he bent each of the leaves up a little so that one side was higher than the other. After all of this was done and the sap had dried, he said to Millie Tinkle, You alone can get us out of this valley. Without you, we are lost. Millie Tinkle flapped her ears, the little golden bells tinkled, and she said, Tell me what to do, and I will do it. Nooms or Noom said, You are to step on the mirror and lie down on your side so that we can reach your feet from the edge. Millie Tinkle did as she was told. Tal and Noomzor Noom held on to the leaves to keep the mirror from turning, while the donkey stepped on and lay down. Then Noomzor Noom took a stick and daubed her hooves with sap, just enough to keep her from slipping, but not enough to glue her down. After that, she got up. Noomzor Noom put the crystal block on her back and said to Tal, climb on top of the block. Tall did, and the old man climbed up on the donkey after him. There they sat and held on for all that they were worth. Noomzor Noom told Millie Tinkle, now run at full speed. As she ran, the mirror began to turn under her feet, but the sap kept her from slipping off. Finally, she made the mirror turn so fast that the force of the wind on the fan-shaped leaves lifted the whole thing into the air. 
the faster the donkey ran, the higher up they went. In this way, they sailed up above the valley and out across and over the mountains at the far end.